0: Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. Well, happy Valentine's Day. (laughs) I know it's stupid. Deal with it, all right? Well, obviously, today we're going to recap that game. This is going to take, obviously, several um, podcasts to be able to do so. Obviously, none of us were able to watch every single player on every single snap. So we'll have to go back and watch that one several times to be able to keep an eye on everybody, see what PFF had to say, check the snap counts, all that good stuff. But uh, a first reaction kind of thing is what I want to accomplish today, just looking through some of the statistics. So why don't we actually just start there? Let's start with some of the statistics. I'm coming fresh off of the game, so some of these may even surprise me a tad. But let's start with the quarterbacks here. Uh, Jordan Love went 7 of 10, 46 yards. 4.6 yards per attempt, one touchdown, no interceptions, 12 yards was his longest pass, 112.9 passer rating, Sean Clifford, 20 of 26, 208 yards, 8 yards per attempt, one touchdown, two interceptions, 47 yards was his longest, 80.3 passer rating. Looking at the running backs, the star of today, Emmanuel Wilson, one of many people. I mean, it's crazy because usually in a preseason game you get like one Emmanuel Wilson we had several Emmanuel Wilsons and and what i mean by that essentially is guys that absolutely had i don't want to say breakout games to to make it sound bigger than it is in terms of you know the implications cuz i don't exactly know the implications probably not much but we had several Emmanuel Wilsons today. Emmanuel Wilson, 26.1 fantasy points, by the way. Six carries, 111 yards, 18.5 yards per carry, two touchdowns, and had an 80-yarder as his longest of the day. After that, and these are sorted by um, fantasy points. But Sean Clifford, two carries, 27 yards, 13.5 yards per carry, 14 yards was his longest, After that, Tyler Goodson, 3 carries, 2 yards, but he did have a touchdown on top of that. Patrick Taylor, 6 carries, 19 yards, 3.2 yards per attempt. 13 yards was his longest. A.J. Dillon, 2 carries, 14 yards, 7-yard average. 11 yards was his longest. Nate McCrary, 4 carries for McCrary. (laughs) Yeah. 13 yards, 3.2 yard average, 5 yards is his longest. And then Alex Magoo, 3 carries, negative 3 yards, negative 1 yards per attempt for those that struggle with mathematics. His longest carry of the night, negative 1 yards. (laughs) Oh, boy. Then we get two receivers, again, sorted by fantasy because that's just the way it is. Number one wide receiver of the night, Romeo Dobbs. Two targets, two receptions, 21 yards, and a touchdown. Duntavian Wicks comes in next, four targets, three receptions, 68 yards. 47 yards was his longest. Then Tyler Davis, two targets, two receptions, nine yards, and a touchdown. Samori Ture, four targets, three receptions, 56 yards. Tyler Goodson, one target, one reception, nine yards. Patrick Taylor, five for eight yards. Malik Heath, three for 36. Obviously, this is PPR. Jaden Reed, 2 for 20. Christian Watson, 2 for 6. Musgrave caught 1 for 8. Aaron Jones had 1 for 6. Tucker Craft, 1 for 4. Bo Meldon 1 for 3. Austin Allen was 0 for 1 on the day. Then we get to the defense. There were, let me do some quick math, 3, 4, 5, 6, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 pass deflections. 13 pass deflections. Another star of the day, Carrington Valentine, four tackles, one interception, three pass breakups. Oh, and the pick. Don't forget the pick. Uh, Dallin Levitt, four tackles, an interception, and a pass breakup. Anthony Johnson Jr., five tackles and a pass breakup. Keyshawn Nixon, one tackle, one sack. Shamar Jean Charles, three tackles, one tackle for a loss, and a pass deflection. William freaking Hooper... Coming from nowhere, one tackle, three pass deflections. Tarveri, uh, nope, not Tarverius. Jimmy Phillips had uh, two tackles and a pass deflection. Benny Sapp had a tackle and a pass deflection. Colby Wooden had a tackle and a pass deflection. And Brenton Cox, no tackles, but he had a pass deflection. And it's not listed here, but probably about five pressures. Leader in tackles for the night was actually Anthony Johnson, which is surprising. I didn't notice him all that much, but um, it's good to see that. Getting into the special teams. Tyler Goodson, three kick returns, 71 yards, 23.7 average, 28 was his longest. Samori Ture um, had a real bad botch the first time, almost did it a second time, but rips off a uh, 44-yard return. He had 55 total, 27.5 average. Punt return, Jaden Reed had one for six yards. Cody Crest had one for three yards. Punting, Pat O'Donnell had one punt, went for uh, 60 yards, landed inside the 20. Daniel Whelan had two punts for 85 yards, 42.5 average, one of them inside the 20. 43 was his longest. And then, unfortunately, Anders Carlson... We're gonna have to talk about. We might as well start with the the low end, uh, the low lights here. He was 100% for his field goals, but just three for five on extra points, missing two in a row. I I don't know what to do here. I mean, you can't give up on the guy over this. I I know 95% of the fan base is saying, "Oh yes, you can." We need an answer for the future, and they decided. I, I I maybe I don't know if the fan base understands how significant drafting him was. They made a long term investment in this guy. They decided to invest a draft pick in a kicker. You don't have to stick with him, but it is a very serious thing to cut bait. Now, you certainly could do it. You could you could get on the phone with uh Mason Crosby and just say, hey man, look. Whatever you want to do, we'll pay you. We'll overpay you because we need you back here. And you let Daniel, uh, not Daniel Whelan, uh, Anders Carlson go. And I guess I don't know what you do from there. Maybe you draft another one next year if that's even an option. There's 31 other teams. You don't get to just decide which one you get. You're in competition. So, I, you know, Rich Passaccia handpicked the guy, said, I want to work with him. Give me, Give me some time to work with this guy. I can make him into this, that, or the other, right? So we're just done? But at the same time, kind of yeah, man. Like, I mean, this is, this is freaking brutal, because at this point, I have very little doubt. Well, let me say it the other way. I have very little confidence that this is getting cleaned up in the regular season. I mean, he had serious issues in college, just flat out. I mean, I, I showed you the statistics. They were not good. And I understand to some degree saying we just got to fight through the growing pains. We're going to be doing that all year. There's going to be growing pains with Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, Jaden Reed, Luke Musgrave, Jordan Love, Tucker Craft, Zach Tom, Josh Myers for some reason. I don't know why that's still a thing, but I feel like he's like Benjamin Button out there. He's getting becoming more of a uh, rookie the older he gets. But, I, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, again, there, there is some level of, yeah, it's going to suck. Oh, well, suck it up. We got to deal with it. We got to we got to just grind through this. And and I wish there was some other alternative, you know, like well, we'll just stash him on the practice squad. I mean, maybe you put kickers on the practice squad? It would almost be worth giving up a practice squad spot for a kicker just in this instance. I mean, just just go get anybody. By the way, it's pretty freaking weird we don't have any other kickers here. Mason Crosby was every year in competition with kickers. It's weird that there's nobody else here, which, I, I mean, I, I, again, I, I get it. Mason Crosby was in competition because they were trying to move on from Mason Crosby. Anders is not in competition because they have no intention of moving on from Anders Carlson. They just drafted him. Why would they be looking to replace him? But, I mean, we, we got to get somebody in here, you know what I mean? Maybe just to light a fire under him or something. I, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know what you do. I don't know what you do. That's a tough spot to be in. Mason can't play forever. You have to move off him. I mean, his leg was was pretty well shot. He, I don't think he could really kick it out of the end zone anymore. We had people replacing for the kickoffs a lot of the time, and fifty yarders were getting pretty iffy. But anyways, let's let's move off of that. Um, you know, it's 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 a rough situation, and and you know, again, it's not going to be the only young person that's going to put us in a rough situation. But um, I don't I don't really know. What the solution is there. Again, I know if I put it to a vote what it would be, but I I, I don't know. But all right, let, let's start ripping through these uh, player by player and my thoughts. As usual, let's just start with the top Jordan Love. I'm sure it's going to be... I, I haven't been on social media, so I don't know what the consensus is. But for what I've been looking for, did I see it today from Jordan Love? The answer is no. I thought it was good, but I didn't think it was great. Almost every single pass was a check down. The pass to Christian Watson, you know, I mean, it could have been picked. And then he had Luke Musgrave wide open across the field and just missed him. Every third-string quarterback in the NFL can make that throw. I know guys miss stuff, but I'm just saying, I mean, this is what I'm talking about. This is the kind of consistency where it's like, come on, man, just hit the easy ones, for crying out loud. So we got a bunch of checkdowns, two deep passes that he missed, and then the touchdown pass, which of course was... A fairly good throw, slightly underthrown, but whatever. It was basically a 50-50 ball, and Romeo Dobbs did all the work. So it wasn't a bad day. It wasn't a good day. It was a day of some good, some bad, and that's what we've had every day. I mean, it's it's literally the exact same as that. You know, it starts off with, oh, no, we're in trouble, and ends with, hey, that was pretty good. And then when you review the whole thing, it's like, oh, yeah, that's, that's how every single day has been. So um, it was fine. But no, I didn't I didn't get what I've been asking for. Still waiting for it. Sean Clifford. Oh, by the way, can I can I just say, and it sounds like I'm not alone in this. I was talking to my buddy Blaine, and he had the same sentiments. And I talked to Clayton very briefly. He said almost immediately when I had talked to him exactly what I'd been saying all day, that this might have been the best preseason game I've ever watched, just in terms of excitement. It was a fun game to watch. Sean Clifford was a big part of that. I've been telling you guys... Everybody hated the pick, and I'm not saying he's a good quarterback, but when I watched him in college, he was exciting to watch. He makes some mistakes, but he really does bring an exciting element to football. I mentioned he's like Brett Favre Jr. Was I lying? I mean, it wasn't exactly like Brett Favre, but there was an element of it. On one hand, you know he can throw the game away any minute, but on the other hand, you genuinely felt confident that this guy can get the job done. That's pretty rare, man. And like Matt LaFleur said, it's, it's a heck of a thing to throw a pick six then come out and throw another pick, and then come out and drive the team down for a touchdown just to to bounce back and to have that resilience, you know? So, I mean, look, he's not going to end up being the starting quarterback, but it was cool to see how much time they gave him. Obviously, it's very important that they get Sean Clifford up to speed. You know, he is going to be the number two quarterback, and he is a rookie. We don't need Magoo getting that much time, so it was was good to see. Moving on to the running backs, um, A.J. Dillon, man. He didn't get many opportunities, but am I the only one that thought that he was running as though maybe he's been hearing what people have been saying about him and had a little bit more oomph in his rushing? He ran into the back of somebody. I don't know if it was John Runyon or who it was, but our offensive lineman like went sliding across the grass also that big run he had that was some real nice patience, you know one of the things that I had been complaining about with um. With A.J. Dillon, aside from the power factor, which again, I feel like we saw, was far too often he wouldn't wait for his blocks to develop. He'd start running, and there's nothing immediately in front of him. There's a lot of green grass off to the side of him, so he's just going to go running for green grass. Well, two seconds later, the hole opens up right where it's supposed to, and that green grass is just, I mean, there's no blockers out there, so what happens? The linebackers just blow him up right away. He waited. The hole opened up and he hit it. So I thought he had a fantastic day. Again, very limited, but that was... It, it, it's amazing that he could hit on every point that I had for him. And what did he have, two carries? <laughs> it wasn't much. Um, Patrick Taylor and Tyler Goodson. I, I still am of the opinion that the Packers seem to like Patrick Taylor more, and I am still of the position that I don't really fully understand why. I believe Goodson went out with an injury at some point, and Patrick Taylor did come back in. But, man, Tyler Goodson just, even on that touchdown run, and any other time you see the guy run, there's just so much speed, so much velocity. I love watching that guy run. But, honestly, at running back, man, this is another tough situation. I think they like Patrick Taylor. And I think with, you know, we'll see what happens with the the Goodson injury, how serious it is, but I, I think that just... Create separation between Goodson and Patrick Taylor, even further separation. And then you say, well, what about Emmanuel Wilson? Look, he's not gonna be our I shouldn't say he's not going to be, but there's almost no doubt in my mind this guy is not going to use you know, jump Lou Nichols and Patrick Taylor and Tyler Goodson because of six carries. He's going to the practice squad. I think he earned himself that. You say, well what if he gets sniped off of uh, you know, whatever? I don't think so. I mean maybe, but again, we're talking six carries. And we always overestimate how in danger our guys are. Now we'll see what happens. If if Tyler Goodson is, is legitimately banged up and they decide we're not gonna go in that direction, and you know, Lou Nichols hasn't hardly taken a snap this entire entire offseason, who knows? Maybe they will take a look at Emmanuel Wilson. We'll have to track what he's doing on special teams. We'll see, you know, if he gets any Receiving opportunities. He didn't have any in this game. We've got to see how he's doing as a blocker. Maybe after today they do start giving the guy a legitimate shot, but I think it's more likely that... Well, first of all, let's put it this way. It's very unlikely he's going to duplicate this. So we're not going to see this again in practice. We're not going to see this against the Patriots, either in the joint camp or in the preseason game. We're not going to see this in the third preseason game. Unlikely to. And so all this conversation we're having right now about will this six carries make him RB3 is very, very likely to just go bye-bye. All right, tight ends. Um, I feel like I'm just... For, for a lot of this, I'm just becoming more certain of my opinions on things. Luke Musgrave is far and away not only our number one tight end, he is the one guy that is beyond exciting. Tyler Davis suffered an injury. It may be pretty serious. I don't exactly know the situation with that, but um, I did see somebody mention it. It may be, you know, whatever. It's no point in speculating in it. Tucker Craft, I got nothing. I'm not seeing anything super fantastic. I watched a play get blown up on the field because of a missed block because of Tucker Craft. The interception, I understand, was uh, Sean Clifford's fault. But at the same time, you are the big, strong tight end, right? The ball is coming to you, and you start, like, jumping to the side rather than attacking the football. Your whole thing as a tight end is to box people out. And a DB jumped over your shoulder and wrestled it out of your hands. I'll I'll give the blame to Sean Clifford, but I'm just saying. Don't let a tiny little corner do that to you. Don't catch it with your stomach. You know, attack the football stick your hands out in front of you, catch the pass away from you, and then use your big, strong hands, which the DB wouldn't have been able to even get his hands on if you had done that, but do that, use your big, strong hands to make sure that it doesn't get ripped away from you. So, you know, Tucker Craft is a work in progress, and it sounds like he's going to have his work cut out for him because if Tyler Davis is out for an extended period of time, Tucker is going to be that dude. So it just is what it is. It's good for Tucker. He's going to get more opportunities. Wide receiver, what isn't there to like? Watson looked fantastic. Romeo still looks like... I mean, w- Watson's beating guys deep down the field, right? Romeo's winning those 50-50 balls, just doing what he does. Jaden Reed looked freaking phenomenal. That catch from Sean Clifford, where he skied up and caught that thing, was unbelievable. By the way, I refused to move Jaden Reed below Samori Touré after that uh, unofficial depth chart. And I'm feeling pretty vindicated in that. Jaden Reed goes out with the ones. Samori Ture comes out with the twos and threes. Uh, Tay Wicks looked incredible. I was a little upset with the telecast. They kept on the replays. They kept showing the quarterback. We saw the quarterback. That's what we watch when we watch football. I know what the quarterback did. I want to see Tay Wicks run his routes because that's what he does. He's he's you know breaking people's ankles. I want to see that in breaking route where he got that separation and caught the pass away from his body and got upfield. I want to see it but uh, was super excited to see that. And then another guy that uh, that I did move because of the unofficial chart was Bo Melton, and uh, he's getting moved right back down. Not necessarily because I didn't see anything from Bo Melton, although that's a part of it, but uh, mostly because Malik Heath belongs in that spot. Malik Heath looked fantastic. I mean, th- there is just a definitive line, and above that line, I am beyond impressed with everybody. Below that line, I didn't really see much. Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, Jaden Reed, Samori Ture, Tay Wicks, Malik Heath, the top six. All of them I thought looked great. Grant DeBose didn't play. Bo Melton, Cody Kress, Jadakiss Bonds, Deuce Watson, Andre Miller. I don't know. I, I'm... Good try. <laughs> offensive line was was a tale of two lines, man. The starting offensive line seemed dominant. The backup offensive line was completely frustrating. There was nowhere to run, first of all. Just nothing. Aside from... Uh, Emmanuel Wilson breaking it to the outside on an 80-yard run, there's not much doing. But the starters, man, I thought Jordan Love looked like he had all day, and Sean Clifford, for the time that he had, those those starters had some comfort in that pocket. So, And that's with no David Bakhtiari. Elton Jenkins was in there. Josh Myers did have another botched snap, not that it ended up on the ground, but you know, Jordan Love and the rest of the offensive line move, and the center's just sitting there. We'll have to, again, we'll, we'll we'll see what PFF had to say on an individual basis, but um, that was my initial assessment is the starting offensive line looked great, the backups did not. Now, granted, a lot of the backups were reshuffling the starters in different spots, but, I mean, we we got to be completely honest. I don't know how Sean Ryan or Caleb Jones or Rasheed Walker did. I saw Kadim Telford have one good play. I saw Luke Tenuta have one good play, and he got injured on that one good play. What I do know is that Royce Newman was a disaster. Maybe it was just those handful of plays that I saw in the two holding penalties. But man, oh man, is that bad. It's just so frustrating. I want to like Royce. I really do. I want to look at him and be like, you know, we thought you could be a really good starter. Doesn't look like that's going to pan out. I mean, you know, maybe it could have panned out. I don't know. But it doesn't look like it's going to. But man, if you could be a high-quality backup, that'd be great, you know? and he's out there running with the 2s and 3s and he's just he's he's the worst guy on the offensive line. Like come on, man. And and there's almost nothing more frustrating than an unnecessary hold. You got a running back that has already passed the defender and you're grabbing his shoulder pads. What is wrong with you? Unless you're preventing your quarterback from getting sacked, don't hold. Don't do it. Unless you're saving your quarterback's life, do not do that. Anyways, why don't we go ahead and take a quick break? If you want to support the podcast, you can do so at patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy. Shout out to Alex Stroson, by the way. Really appreciate your support for the podcast. Why don't we take a break? We'll come back and take a look at some of the defensive players. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. All right, well, looking over at the defense now, man, oh, man, one of my absolute favorite parts of this entire day, especially in the beginning, was watching the constant, constant, constant pressure. Again, we'll get more details on who had how many pressures and whatnot, but man, it was just never-ending. Between Wyatt, Wooden, Brooks, Ford, Slayton. Was Slayton out there? I don't know. The other Slayton was. Then you got Preston and Hollins and Enigbare and Van Ness and Brenton Cox and Mosby and Banks. It just never ended. It was constant, 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 constant pressure. That makes me so unbelievably happy to see that. I, I, I just cannot tell you how happy that makes me. Again, I wish I could have seen a little bit more clearly who the most disruptive people were. I do know that Wooden and Brooks had a ton of time on the field, and some of it was certainly for them. I definitely saw Ford get a couple, which was surprising but also fantastic. One of them, uh, Jonathan Ford, I thought he was going to get a penalty, but he just timed the snap perfectly and got into the backfield. Devonte Wyatt I thought had a fantastic day I know he had a, a couple nice I don't know if they're specifically pressures or getting into the backfield or what however I will say the tackling has got to improve he got into the backfield got to the quarterback and let him slip through his arms that's not good and then very shortly after that there was I believe a run play there was uh, the, the one big run play I think they had all day where there were maybe three missed tackles by the Packers Wyatt was probably the biggest one can't have that man especially if we're talking running backs and, and quarterbacks i mean come on you got to be able to grab hold and bring them down but from a pass rush standpoint it was flawless the only thing i'll say that seemed somewhat negative to me was lucas van Ness, which breaks my heart because i've been so excited about it but i watched him every time i saw him out there and i didn't really see him do much um i i think they tried to get creative with him i saw him coming on some stunts and whatnot and some of it was just flat out ugly it seemed like he wasn't really relying just straight up on that power, just getting into a guy's chest and pushing. He was trying to get around. He was trying to get inside. He was trying to work across, all these different things, and it just wasn't doing it. He did have a couple that were relatively close. I'm sure if he was given a full day um, to rush the passer, it would have been some different results. But, I, you know, I was just I was excited about the buildup for Lucas Van Ness. He had a great week. He had a, a real good family night. Uh, real good practice against the Bengals, and so I had high hopes for him, and I I just didn't really see it. On the other side, um, I did notice, I believe it was Keyshawn Banks had several nice plays, as well as Brenton Cox. Brenton Cox, it it didn't really look very refined, but just as a pure wrecking ball, I mean, he was constantly in the quarterback's face. Uh, One of the picks, I think the one that Dallin Levitt was was tipped by Brenton Cox, and then just pretty much everything after that was was consistent pressure. As far as the linebackers, I, I think I was... Not that I saw every single play, maybe a little bit more disappointed than anything. Quay, I thought, did fine, again, from the very little bit that I remember seeing him. McDuffie and Wilson, it was, maybe they had some good plays, but it was mostly just kind of like, ah, come on. And and, and most of that was coverage. Uh, Tariq, I thought, tried to make a good play at one and ended up getting a roughing the passer, which I think was a nonsense call. Jimmy Phillips actually did make a couple good plays, but again, he's so far down the depth chart, it's almost not really worth mentioning. And then at corner, man, I mean, I don't I don't think anything's necessarily solidified, but Carrington Valentine, holy cow, that guy was all over the place. I will say I think it was to our overall benefit and especially to his that the refs really were just letting the guys play. You know, it's one of those things where different refs have different standards on how they do things. Some are a little more ticky tack than others. And if you see one that's gonna let you play, you gotta play a little bit more physical. And I, I think Carrington probably would have gotten a couple flags. As would several others. Shamar would have had at least one. But good for him, man. Just real sticky coverage. Unbelievable how many plays that he made in one game. I don't care if it was against the number twos. You still have to go out there and make those plays. You still got to punch the ball out. You still got to catch the, the, the interception. You still got to make the tackles. Um, I mean, it's it's crazy to me that I think Corey Ballantyne had a decent day. I think he gave up a couple. But he also had some really nice plays. And if it wasn't for uh, Valentine, he would have been... I think had some pretty high marks. But I really think Valentine separated himself and, and again he is the number three corner right now behind Jair and Razul not looking at the slot. Obviously as Eric Stokes returns, Carrington will go down to four, but I think he's I think he just I mean, you know, he's he's a seventh round pick, so we, we assume he's going to be on the fifty three anyways, but I think he is as locked in as they come. And uh, William William Hooper made some plays as well as did Tyrell Ford, but, but again, I just don't really see a spot for him. The question really comes down to Corey Ballantyne, is is there a place for him? Um, as far as the slot, Shamar Jean Charles made a name for himself today. I had actually just recently put Ennis Gaines in his spot, and I don't know at this particular point in time, it's late, I need to go to bed, I don't know, I'm not really worried about it. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to move Shamar back, but I mean, if we're just basing it on today, I don't even know if Ennis Gaines was out there, I don't know, I have no idea... But Shamar absolutely was. Um, at safety, I was actually surprised to see Rudy Ford so late in the game. I didn't see who all the safeties were. I know Jonathan Owens was out there early, and I know I saw Rudy Ford come out with Dallin-Levitt. Does that mean, I mean, I, I, I guess I don't know. Did Savage play? I would guess he did, but I didn't see him. If if he didn't, then that would mean it's Jonathan Owens and Tervarius Moore, and then it was Dallin-Levitt and Rudy Ford. Otherwise, I don't know what that rotation looked like. But either way, it seems fairly definitive to me just based on how long this has been going on that um, Jonathan Owens is ahead of Rudy Ford. Now, I don't think Jonathan Owens had the best day in the world, but I also don't think it's, you know, the stiffest competition in the world. So I don't know, man. It's a very weird thing to me, but as of right now, it feels to me as though it's Darnell Savage and Jonathan Owens. um, And then on a day where... (laughs) We already have too many safeties. I mean, I've got five right now with Savage, Owens, Ford, Moore, and Levitt. Anthony Johnson leads the defense in tackles, and Benny Sapp nearly makes the play of the day with that interception at the end of the game. So, anyways, I mean, in recap, it was a fantastic game. There was only a handful of low likes, low lights with Anders and Royce, and I'm not even gonna necessarily say Lucas Van Ness. I was, it was, it was a little underwhelming based on what I was hoping we would see. But, man, I mean, aside from that, I thought it was great. And, and you know, the wide receivers and that defensive front in particular had me super excited. Wide receivers slash Luke Musgrave. Now, uh, it's still preseason, and, you know, a lot of these teams are strutting out their, their twos to start the game. So we'll see as, as, you know, if and when we get some tougher competition. And we can recap that when PFF comes out with some of these things as far as who did they actually catch passes against. But, um, As it stands right now, I mean, Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, Jaden Reed, Luke Musgrave with a little bit, Samori Turi, Tay Wicks, and Malik Heath mixed in. Of course, Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, Josiah Deguara. I feel confident that it isn't a terrible unit. Let's put it that way. But that was a great outing, And, and I think it was an important one because this is a young team that doesn't have much to build on. They haven't done much. Even the starters aren't veterans. You know what I mean? And so as much as a preseason game, we can say it doesn't mean anything. I think this this game, which was more or less dominant, does mean something to them. It should. I hope it does. I want them to go back into the locker room and massively overhype this performance. I want them to feel like they just showed the world, you know, even though they kind of didn't. So what? Say that you did. Get excited about it. See that as a first step. I hope that Jordan Love is just brimming with confidence after that. Same with Sean Clifford and and uh, Jaden Reed and everybody else. I hope it felt great because you got to do it again. And come week one, man, I really just want to cram this thing down the bear's throat in the worst possible way. And finally, just to end this thing, I want to look at some of the team statistics here just to kind of overall look at what a good game this was. Time of possession, surprisingly, was almost exactly even. It was 30 and a half minutes to 29 minutes, 10 seconds. Offensive plays, 63 compared to 63. Yards, though, we had 437, they had 274. We had 6.9 yards per play, they had 4.3. We had three less penalties, we had seven, they had 10. We scored five touchdowns to their one. We had three turnovers, they had two. We had a team completion percentage of 75% compared to their 55.6%. 254 passing yards compared to their 208 yards per passing attempt, we had 7.1, they had 46 two passing touchdowns compared to their zero. Each team only gave up one sack. We had a team passer rating of 89.3. Theirs was a 49.1. How about that for a team defensive performance, huh? 49.1 passer rating. And we had an 89.3 with two picks. We ran the ball 26 times for 183 yards. They ran the ball 17 times for 66 yards. We had seven yards per attempt. They had 3.9, seven yards per attempt. We had three rushing touchdowns compared to their zero. Our team had 21 first downs. Theirs got 12. We had a 39% third down completion percentage. They had 27%. They were just four of 15. In the red zone, they were 0 for 1. We were 4 for 4. That's unbelievable. For a team that kind of struggled down there in the red zone, we went 4 for 4. On defense, 13 passes defended compared to their six. Each had two picks. Both teams had exactly 48 tackles. We punted the ball three times. They had to punt the ball five times. And that's about it. It was just an absolute whooping up and down the field. Here is what uh, PFF had to say. This is their little recap, and then we'll be done. After a week where the two sides scrimmaged against each other in practice, the Green Bay Packers were able to get the better of the Cincinnati Bengals in week one of the preseason by a score of 36-19. to Offensive spotlight, Jordan Love had looked cautious during joint practice with the Bengals during this week, but he wasted no time in taking a deep shot in the preseason game, coming very close to hitting Christian Watson down the left sideline. It was just one of three incompletions for Love, who completed 7 of 10 for 46 yards and a touchdown. Love's arm strength was clear to see, and the majority of the passes leaned heavily on that zip, but the touchdown to Romeo Dobbs showed some nice touch as well. And again, look, if it wasn't for that safety coming across, that's probably a big touchdown essentially to christian watson really the only semi-egregious pass was luke musgrave and i think even aside from that you can see a lot of the positives like they talk about the arm strength the accuracy minus musgrave the decision making imagine if you just cleaned up the accuracy a little bit what would his stat line look like and i said well you could say that about anybody no but but really think about it you can be an accurate quarterback in a garbage offense whether that's because you don't know where to put your eyes you don't know when to throw the ball, where to throw the ball, or, by the way, your wide receiver slash tight end suck, or your coach sucks at play calling. None of those are the case. The plays were there to be made, and Jordan was throwing to the right guy at the right time. Every time. He's just got to get better at, you know, not missing. Frustratingly, they gave the defensive spotlight, the rookie spotlight, and the offensive spotlight to the Cincinnati Bengals. I find that to be freaking egregious, considering what Valentine did on the day. I think you could have given him defensive or rookie spotlight. Although I will say uh, Andre uh, Yoshivas was pretty remarkable. Not as much as Valentine, but he had a great day. So anyways, it was a great day. Like I said, that, that was the most fun I've ever had watching a Packers preseason game. I hope that's, that's just a sign of things to come. We, we were excited about this team from the beginning, just about the energy. And you felt that energy watching that game. The young guys having fun playing football. Maybe part of it is the low expectations, too. I mean, if Aaron Rodgers, not that they ever played in the preseason, but if Aaron Rodgers ever threw a pass to Devontae Adams in the preseason, who would care? But when Jordan Love throws a touchdown to Romeo Dobbs, that's a big deal. One final thing, and I know I've said this seven different times. Maybe two final things. We'll see how it goes. I just found out Emmanuel Wilson lost his dad 14 years ago. It's unbelievable the connection that these guys have over that one issue. Jordan Love lost his dad. Jaden Reed lost his dad. Tucker Kraft lost his dad. Emmanuel Wilson lost his dad. And then it dawned on me, there's, there's a, Wes Hodkowitz wrote this tweet. He said, Aaron Jones, who is aware of today's significance, said he pulled Emmanuel Wilson aside after his first score. Quote, I told him right after his first touchdown, that's for your pops. He's right out here with you, and he has the best seat in the house. I'm very proud of him. Not exactly the same situation, but Aaron Jones just lost his dad. Absolutely crazy. Anyways, very happy for everybody. I thought it was a great day. It's going to be really, really... I, this might be the toughest cut-down year, just because there's some, going to be some good players that are are not, not going to make the cut. But um, we'll take that as it comes. You guys have a good rest of your day. Today, um, Bears fans had a lot to say about Jordan Love, for whatever reason. But tomorrow's their turn, and they better hope that their quarterback doesn't look stupid, because I will be commenting on everything. Anyways, you guys have a good rest of your day. I got to go to bed. Have a good one. Bye-bye.